Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. 107 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you in Oilers Now. Brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. They wish you and yours all the best during these challenging and uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. You can text us at any time, and we got a lot of texts. Don't be offended if we don't get to them all. Uh... Some shows we have north of uh, two to three thousand. Uh, you can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street and 111th Avenue. Or, and we'll mention to you that uh, they are open Monday through. Uh, Saturday. And speaking of being open, uh, open and back up and Adam phase three starts tomorrow. The River Cray Resort and Casino excitement. Bet on it. We will have the orders now. Injury report for James H. Brown, injury lawyers at 123 today. John Shannon, our NHL insider at 135. This day in Oilers history it was a blockbuster. They added a Norris Trophy winning defenseman. Sort of. Coming down the pipe for New West Travel at 150, but at this time we head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. And we welcome back to the show one of our most polarizing guests from the cult of hockey, but also for the last 16 months, the man who's been covering the pandemic for post media, David Staples. And uh, David has been a regular on our show and helped us out. Uh, we've tried to provide you uh, with some numbers here. Uh, on a fairly regular basis, just to put things in perspective, on May the 5th, the Edmonton Health Zone had 6,098 active cases. We are now down to 169 active cases for COVID in the Edmonton household, one of the five health regions. At that time, on May the 5th, the province of Alberta had executed a total of uh, 1.668 million jabs. We are now up to 4.266 million. So 4,250,000 jabs. Uh, as of yesterday, at 72.7% 
of the 12 plus population in the province of Alberta has had a single shot and uh, 40.7% fully vaccinated in the province. We welcome back to the show a man that knows all about these numbers and what they mean. David Staples, Cult of Hockey from Post Media. David, how are you doing? Good, Bob. How are you doing? Good. Uh, tell me this. What's your general consensus? I, I know that I received uh, some different uh, opinions. I, I talked a bit about, hey, if you want to wear a mask, go wear a mask after July 1st. The province engages in uh, Phase 3. There's been some uh, posturing and lecturing from other parts of the country on the fact that Alberta has opened up for Phase 3. But what's the sort of uh, feedback you get from the, the populace out there, David, on a day-to-day basis? Bob, it's varied. <laughs> it's, I think, generally speaking, people are, you know, the, the majority are tired of the lockdown. They don't see the need for it. They realize the public health crisis is over. If there's no public health crisis um, going on, crisis going on, why in, in the world would you have a lockdown measures in place anymore? I mean, they cause harm to people. They shut down businesses. They isolate people. There's all kinds of mental health impacts from lockdown. Why would you keep doing that? So people are happy that we're moving forward. And, and they're relieved that an expert like Dr. Dina Hinshaw, the chief medical health officer, says, hey, it's time. It's time to list these. You know, some of you, some of you are still worried and scared, and she gets that. But uh, it's time to lift the restrictions. It's time to take take off the face mask if you if you're up for that, and get back to normal life. And the chances that we're going to go back to a crisis situation, public health crisis, where the hospitals are in danger of being overwhelmed, are very small. Uh, Hinshaw says because the, of the success of the vaccines. And you know, the interesting thing, Bob, is vaccine uptake in Canada is amazing. Like um, we've had a lot of vaccine available to us the liberals have come through in the end the Trudeau liberals came through in the end but uh, you know our number of 70% with the first dose we're getting to 40% with the second dose 42% right now it's amazing how well we've done uh, compared to the Americans they've had an equal number of they've had more vaccine available available to them but I think they're like at um, something like 50% first dose um, and and similar to that uh, 40% 45% I think if I'm not mistaken uh, for a full dosage so the Americans are much more vaccine hesitant than we are and if there is another wave of this COVID um, we're going to be in a much better place to fend it off and not have a not have to shut down again yeah it's a it's an interesting one for me Uh, I know that when we had you on last week, uh, it was before the city council decision came in on the mass bylaw. There was a challenge uh, issued on a third reading or something from a councillor by the name of Aaron Paquette. Uh, it was uh, seven to six in, in, in order to uh, eliminate the bylaw at this time. That was the initial vote, and it ended up carrying it seven to six. So uh, apparently, none of the councillors changed their opinion on that. And I think for a lot, the one thing I will say, Dave, like, do you think there's a little bit? Some people might say it kind of depends on your attitude in life, okay? And here's where I'm going to go with this. Some people may suggest, David, that they believe that people are there to serve the government. And others might say the government is there to serve the people. Do you think that might be sort of related to how people see some of the topics around this? Yeah, some people think the government is there to to, you know, to provide protection. And, and, and if there is a crisis, if there's a major crisis in society, I think that they're bang on correct. Um, you know, 
Jason Kenney had an obligation to put the safety of Albertans first um, and limit people's freedom of movement, free, freedom of assembly, like limit the ability of people to get together. We couldn't have people at our homes for the last seven months to visit. That was necessary because we had a you know distinct threat coming. But uh, you know, there's a when that threat isn't there. Um, there's just no reason for the government to intervene. And and it, does it come down to ideology, whether whether you see that or not? I don't know. I would I would hope that just comes down to the basic facts and to to, to the science of this thing. Like, is your the only reason to justify a lockdown is a public health crisis? If it's gone, get rid of it. So people who still want the lockdown, um, I guess maybe they just have a heightened sense of fear. I don't think it's based. I don't. I, I think they need to get honestly. I think they need to get out of their information bubble a little bit. Listen to the experts like Dr. Hinshaw. Uh, look at what's really happening around the world in terms of case counts, but also hospitalizations and deaths. Even though there's variant outbreaks in some countries, they're not getting this any kind of um, outbreak that threatens their hospital system. So there's no need for a lockdown, even in those countries. So time to move on. And we're moving on, too, at this time. So let's get to it. What are your thoughts? Ryan Nugent Hopkins, I, I know you put a poll out yesterday. Eight years, $5.125 million. I've been back and forth on this, Bob. I've been, you know, I've been making a list. The, the pluses and the minuses of this contract. What There's was a the lot re- of things to like about it. There's a lot of things to be worried about. What, what was the response in terms of your poll that you did? people, the general fandom, uh, Oilers fans related. I think, like, uh, you know, I said, who's the winner? And, and the, one of the answers was everybody. And that was by far the best, you know, the most popular pick. Fans in Edmonton think every, everyone is a winner. The team's a winner. The fans are a winner. RNH is a winner. That's the general consensus, Bob, right at this moment. And my only caution on that is it's the, that can often be a feeling when a big signing is made for a team and it doesn't always work out that way. And there's a particular issue with signing players as they're entering their 30s. And so one of the things I was doing today was trying to look for similar kinds of contracts, players in their late 20s, um, signing a seven- or eight-year deal, and see how they worked out. How do those deals work out generally for the team and for the player? And, and, and also look at similar cap hits, players who had you know, about the same amount of cap hit as Nugent Hopkins is going to have per year. How do those deals work out? And what I found, Bob, is it's pretty much a coin flip. About half of those deals work out okay for the player, okay to great for the player and the team. And on the list of contracts that have worked out okay to great are players like Brad Marchand, uh, Jonas Brodeen, Alex Kalorn, TJ Oshie, Dustin Brown. Dustin Brown had a few rough years there, but then he came on strong again. And then on the list of players where it didn't work out, you know, we have Johnny Boychuk, Milan Lucic, Kyle Ocpozo, Andrew Ladd, Justin Abdelkader. Justin yeah, Abdicator well, actually signed a very similar contract to Nugent Hopkins in 2015 in David, Detroit. Here's where I'm going to cut into you here for a second. Go ahead. Give, me the, give me the five players that you listed that worked out again. Brad Marchand. Yep. Alex Kalorn, TJ Oshie, Dustin Brown, and Jonas Brodeen. They're, fi- they're either trending to working out or have worked out. All five of those players were signed to a long-term deal by the team that already had their property. Now, read to me, because uh, by the point that Oshie signed that deal, he was already a member of the Washington Capitals. All five of those players, the organizations knew what they had. Now, list me the players that signed, and you, you, you listed a couple from 2016. Give me the guys that didn't work out. 
so Boychuk, free agent. Lucic, free agent. Ocposo, free agent. Ladd, free agent. Gabrick was with L.A. when he signed that deal, I believe. And Abdelkader. Uh, and these, these these aren't the complete lists, but Abdelkader and Gabrick were with so five. So uh, five of the seven guys you listed were coming from other organizations. And point in favor of this contract. Point in favor of this contract. Yeah. Um, you know, that that may well be. What we also see, Bob, is there's a fair amount of injury plays a big factor. So some of the deals that haven't worked out, you know, Joffrey Lupul's deal didn't work out. Um, and uh, Gabrick's deal didn't work out, right? And that's because of injury. So that can happen. That's a coin flip you're taking. That's a, a risk you're taking with any player. Throw throw everything out when it comes to Toronto. Joffrey Lupul could have played. <laughs> Okay, they elected to put him on Robidaux Island and use the cap space because Toronto has the financial clout to do that. They could have even tra- they could have even traded him. I know for a fact they could have traded him, which was part of the frustration. But anyhow, uh, what I again, you, you the five guys you mentioned, those teams all knew what they had with the five guys for you know for the five that worked out. So it's an intra And I'm not saying Nugent Hopkins is as good as Marshawn. I'd say he's re- like Brodeen's a good top four defenseman. Nugent Hopkins is a good top six forward. So yeah, oh, she's a good comp. I think. Oh, she's a good comparable. Like they're, yeah. they're you know, the, the thing is, I, I wouldn't have any real questions about this deal at all if it wasn't a Nugent Hopkins' even strength point production this year. And yep, uh, that's just a major red flag. Like honestly, it has to be a major red flag. You're looking for drop. What you're worried about with players uh, as they head into their 30s is major drops in offensive production. And we, we kind of saw that. But I think there's some extenuating circumstances there. I think that overall, when he was on the ice, the Oilers created a good number of top-grade scoring chances. Uh, and Nuge, Nuge was in on a lot of them. Nuge made a lot of good plays. There was just some bad – there was definitely some bad puck luck when Nuge was on the ice this year that probably cost him between 5 and 10 points at even strength. And if, if he had gotten, at the upper end of that, 10 more points at even strength, his contract would have been remarkably markedly different. So it could be that the Oilers are benefiting, Bob. They they could be getting a good deal on this player. Let's say they can find some chemistry with Nuge again. And if they find a winger to play with Connor McDavid, they're going to be able to resist the temptation to put Nuge there where I don't think he really fits. So the key for the one of the keys for this whole thing for Nuge being a, a, a paying off for the Oilers, you get that that right left the correct left winger for Connor McDavid this summer. You put Nuge back with Drysaddle where he flourishes, and possibly with Yamamoto. See if that line can flourish again. I mean, if if you can get that line to play like it did in 2019-20 for half the season in 2019-20 and then you get the McDavid's line finally if they finally crack that nut which I think is the top priority for the offseason is finding that winger for McDavid now um, this this team can compete for the Stanley Cup and in terms of whether or not to go ahead on this contract, that had to be topmost in Ken Holland's mind is, is that window for McDavid and Dreisaitl, signing him up, getting Nuge on a line where he's really firing on all cylinders again, getting a, the right winger for McDavid. Things could go well for the Oilers in the next few years. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot here, okay? Good. W- would you bring both Larson and Barry back. They're both represented by the same agency. I'm a little bit surprised. I, I'm surprised how quickly Nugent Hopkins came together. To me, that reinforced the real desire from the player to, to get it done. 
Um, I thought Larson was, you know, 80. John Shannon felt the same thing. We're going to talk to John coming up after you. But is there a way, you, you know, can you justify if Barry can't get five or six million out in the open market and says, well, what about four and a half and three? You know, Larson's going to cost you around four. Can you bring both of those guys back? It's an inter- interesting question, Bob. I'm just, I just feel like you have this player in Evan Bouchard. So for me, you're, if the Oilers make this commitment to themselves and to Bouchard, we're, we're going with you. There's a roster spot for you. You earned it actually this year. We couldn't give it to you because you were blocked. Um, so Bouchard's on the team. If, if it's my team, that's my vote. Uh, so then you bring Larson back. I think you got to bring Adam Larson back. You see the, the, the kind of defenseman it takes to succeed in the playoffs. Adam Larson's that kind of rugged, shut-down defenseman. Adam Larson's near the top of the list. Then you have a choice, Barry or Ethan Bear. If you bring Tyson Barry back on a reasonable deal, would you then trade Ethan Bear for... Uh, forward that you need a third line center or part of a deal for a for a top winger that's a possibility you could you could have that deal you could also have Ethan Bear as your um, seventh defenseman on the team. No, Very no, expensive no. seventh defenseman. And usually they don't have, you know, we're so used to having left shot guys and that, that you, it's surprising to have a right shot guy. Why can't you play four right shot guys? Well, you could also put Evan Bouchard there. I mean, I don't know why they didn't do that this year. It was very frustrating, the fact that yes, Evan Bouchard didn't get played more. Lots of people are frustrated with coaches conservative approach uh, that we saw in a couple different situations this year so yeah you could possibly play four guys who are right shot players out there Bob it's not it's not crazy talking I like Tyson Berry's offense puck moving's great if then you don't have, you you have a gaping hole right now at your uh, with Clefbaum likely not coming back you know possibly likely not coming back for next season maybe he'll be the Oilers version of uh, the guy who sits out all season and then comes back for the playoffs <laughs> but <laughs> there's your positive thought of the day but yeah for for right shot demon aren't a, that's not a crazy idea Trading, possibly trading Ethan Bear. I, I also, it's not that's not going to be popular with a lot of fans, but I also don't think it's a crazy idea. All right, David. Uh, how do people follow you for the hockey stuff? Uh, at D Staples on Twitter, Bob. Do you follow Eric Weinstein? I do. I listen to his. I listen to both the Weinstein <laughs> podcasts. From both Brett kind and of an amazing Brett. family to have two like one brothers in biology, the others in finance, and they're both kind of geniuses. Yeah, they're uh, controversial geniuses and polarizing geniuses, Bob. Yes, when they go <laughs> when they go on Joe Rogan, like it's it's interesting to see. Uh, oh no, yeah, uh, Stoffer, you mentioned Joe Rogan. You can't, you know, you got to talk about CNN anyhow. Uh, uh, I, Joe Rogan's the most popular broad, broadcaster, I think, in the United States right now, Bob. So you're not alone if you're listening to him. Well, once in a while, I may meander over there, uh, depending upon the day. Uh, interesting times, to say the least, with some of the stuff that happened over the course of the last week. Uh, definitely, I get the sense that he's a libertarian. Uh, uh, Eric and uh, uh, Brett uh, Weinstein are both uh, libertarians. I think that's no, no. The one Weinstein brothers, totally far left kind of guy, like really uh, strong leftist. And I don't know what the other guy, what the investment banker, what Eric but, is. But but they don't. What the one thing they don't like is. Uh, do you think they'd be a big fan of Bill C ten? But no, what they believe in is freedom of speech. They yes. believe in free debate, and I'm totally on side with that. I think they have it right. That's all right. So, the right answers. All right. So if people want free debate stuff from David Staples, how do they follow that on Twitter? Uh, at David Staples Yeg. There you go. Great stuff, David. Thanks, Thanks for your time. That was a very clumsy segue by me there. All right. Here we go. Uh, it is 120. 125-
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. For in Edmonton, Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. We're going to go to break and come back with the Oilers Now Injury Report. Hi, this is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chet. Two-time Hart Trophy winner Connor McDavid, three-time Ted Lindsay Award, four-time first-team All-Star at center, and Reseto on the Ashley Fine Floors text line out of Nelson, B.C., where one of my sisters currently lives. Bob, don't forget, uh, regarding David Staples, when he was mentioning the contracts that didn't work out, a lot of those came from 2016, uh, which we already mentioned. And Andrew Seidel says, don't forget the ones that didn't work out tended to be slower power forwards that aren't as cerebral. And I think it's fair to say that Nugent Hopkins is a pretty cerebral player. And former defenseman Mark says, I don't often disagree with David Staples. He clearly analyzed numbers when making his arguments. I ever, however, going to go on a little bit of emotion here. When it comes to the potential pitfalls, of RNHL's, RNH's contract, I strenuously object. Can you name the movie that that line was from? No, I can't. So send it in, former defenseman Mark. Texas on the Ashley Five Floors text line at 128 in Edmonton. As we do this, we go to the orders now. Injury report, as promised for James H. Brown, injury lawyers, the heavy hitters in injury law. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. A few good men. Was that it? Was that the movie that that uh, was from? Was that Tom Cruise's line in that movie? All right. You can't handle the truth. Wasn't that the famous line from that movie from Jack Nicholson? Anyways, uh, for Trent Brown, James Brown, and the, the Jim Brown and the gang at James H. Brown, here's our injury report. Alex Kalorn out tonight for Tampa after blocking that shot off of his ankle in Game 1. Uh, Joel Armia did skate on the fourth line at morning skate ahead of Game 2 tonight. So it sounds like he's going to draw back in. Brendan Gallagher, good to go if you thought he might not be. We figured as much. Uh, Jake Evans is good to go as well if anything comes up between now and puck drop. Although I think he was skating in a non-contact which caused a, a little bit of alarm. But All set. Uh, Blackhawks captain Jonathan Taves says he's been yes. dealing with uh, chronic immune response syndrome the reason that he's taken this season off a, a rare condition that essentially has the immune system react to every kind of stress that's how he uh, sort of described it unclear at this point when he plans to return though he was skating within the video that he posted to his social media good stuff brendan nice work on that front by the way speaking of brendan the brendan gallagher incident the other night with mikhail sergachev did it not look like sergachev was trying to drive gallagher's head in the ice and then he's leaking all over. I don't know about you guys, but it kind of looked like I was going to ask uh, Louis DeBrusque, and I we didn't get around to it. Like I, I kind of thought he used excessive force when he dragged him into the ice, and it, 
personal view on that. And, hey, I'm a little bit biased when it comes to Brendan Gallagher. You know, fan of his style. The Oilers should have drafted him back in 2010. Um, they had a chance to take him in the fourth round. They didn't. Those things happen once in a while. All right, off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Back with John Shannon, our NHL insider for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.